<laughs> Look at this. It is Thursday. It is nine. It's UK Cowboys time. Season four, episode one. <laughs> I, I can see someone's got the excitement on the entire, but me, yeah. I'm absolutely sweating like hell right now. Mm. Mike's got fresh batteries in. Plenty of Duracell bunny back there in Wales. Nah, that's it. They always say, come in high. Always come in high. Level out. Come back high again. Are you sure you're you're talking about the same thing I would be talking about? Probably. We do like the same things. Ah, True. True. (laughs) How are we doing, Scottish fellas? I think my attire tonight actually kind of <laughs> kind of says says what how I'm feeling right now. I know. Just for people um, on the audio, uh, Paul is naked and uh, Graham <laughs> is in just a thong. Oh dear. Well, I definitely going to lose his subscribers. <laughs> and that's how we start season four. <laughs> Naked. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, yeah, dear. yeah. So, anyway, uh, Cowboys football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, we, we've, we, we finished the uh, talk uh, of people's attire. Let's get into it. So, obviously, we are into a pre camp show because uh, on Monday, the Cowboys um, officially start their camp in Oxnard, which means Cowboys football is officially back. It's been so long. Feels like it's uh, been so long. Yeah, um, it's been quite a long. I mean, like the the off season. I, I like this one was kind of here. But if you remember the off season before when we were in the pandemic, do you remember how long that felt? Because like it was, yeah. seemed to be a bit longer than. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god, when yeah. is this going to end? It's um, it's funny to go through a Cowboys off season and not have a major headline for the wrong reasons like to my knowledge we haven't had a bad press release like our our texan cousins so uh, yeah. um yeah. it's nice i'm not gonna lie <laughs> you know like we don't have a looming suspension over us or anything like that we don't have any i mean i suppose the the biggest blip is the michael gallup injury and we'll see the injuries yeah yeah but i mean all 32 teams are dealing with some sort of injury in some some form or another. And if they aren't, they're extremely lucky. And, um, you know, the old ACL bug will s- soon catch up with them. Oh, soon after one. Yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> it's the time of year for all of that. But go on, Paul. I kind of mean to, as we were talking, I think it was yourself, Mike. Like, I think it was last week we were talking about ACL injuries in general. They're mm-hmm. not as severe as you would say five, six years ago yeah. because yeah. of the technology yeah. we have now. To the understanding, to, yeah, like and how to make things better, like better procedures, how to repair it, how mm. to make it better. Like, I mean, I know we keep using Jalen as a prime example and stuff like that for his type of injury and stuff like that. But if the technology wasn't in there in the first place, he wouldn't have even been playing any football in the first place. Mm. So, so, that's and, and that's kind of credit to just all the medical staff evolving their game and learning more about this particular injury and how to basically get players back on the field quicker and more fit and stronger, essentially. Yeah, I mean, like, I did hear that they did with... You remember where we were all asking the question with Michael Gallup, like, 
why are they taking so long to give him the well why is he waiting around turns out that was all premeditated that was planned mm. because it's something to do with um some procedure or something that they, they were trialing and testing out to reduce the recovery time that's why yeah. they're saying he's he's a, a he's ahead of schedule apparently i don't know how much truth is in that mind I'm not a doctor, so right now I'm talking out my ass. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always going to be frustrating for fans when you think, right, okay, so the player the player does something on the Sunday. Why isn't he having surgery on the Monday? But sometimes yeah. it doesn't work out like that. You know, sometimes injuries need There's time to step down. And, yeah. You know, like, they obviously have fully qualified doctors who know the player's injury history inside out. Mm. So leave it to the professionals. If, if the Cowboys feel it the way this was the way to do it, then who who are we to argue? You know, like it's it's not like it's a huge game of chicken where they're saying how long can we leave Michael Gallup and still get him back the way we that we know Michael Gallup. They're doing it in his best interest. And Michael Gallup personally, he's not just gonna sit back and let the Cowboys do whatever they like. You know, it's his yeah. body, so yeah. he's obviously yeah. he's obviously just sit there being them. in pain. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, like you say, who are we to argue? We did argue it on this show. I can't remember who we had on. We had somebody on from the Cowboys not... over the last time. We were like, we were asking, we were like, why is it taking them so long? And they were just like, I don't know. Turns out that was the reason why. Was it not Brad Shambles? <laughs> it might have been. Could have been uh, uh, the old Shambles. I, I, I don't know why, but, but, but I just find Brad Sham, like that's the one that rings a bell to me. Yeah, yeah. We we, we asked it, and like, even well, then, we, it was. We <laughs> yeah, good. Somebody I know, one of the Yukis that watch us, uh, the very faithful. By the way, sending you quotes and comments. Um, you are Ooh. the co-hosts out there. Um, well, well, before we go into it, we've actually got our first question for the evening. Matt okay. uh, from Empathy eighty eight. Uh, what game are you most looking forward to this season? That's easy. The right. the one I yeah. would say is the first one. <laughs> I need yeah. football. I need football. <laughs> What about you, Graham? Oh, it's it's got to be the Packers. <laughs> I mean, ah, just, of course. Ah, it just from a personal yeah, perspective, yeah. it's got Explain, to be. Explain, Graham. Explain uh, to the viewers for for regular on for people watching the the show for the first time. My, my dad's a Packer, yeah. and um, that was that, very, that, very, that, that, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was, I was very, very unlucky to to travel over to Lambo to watch um, Matt Castle. Because that was the year that Tony oh, Romo broke his yeah, collarbone. Yeah. Um, so that was a hell of a journey to watch a backup. But it was it was in one of the one of the great stadiums in the NFL against one of the mm. great franchises. So um win, lose, or drop was still a great visit. But uh, yeah, certainly for bragging rights in uh, <laughs> in my hometown, I'm certainly looking forward to the Packers game. <laughs> what about you, Paul? Um Obviously, the home opener that that against Tampa Bay that should yeah. be interesting. But obviously, I'm looking forward to the two games I'm going to be attending this year, which is the Texans mm. game and also the Colts. So, yeah. But um, I mean, Texans. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a game you'll take with a pinch of salt. But the the Colts should be quite interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, very intrigued, I'm, very, I'm very intrigued by that one. I mean, they got Matty Ice now. Yeah, they got Matty Ice playing there. So interesting to see, but. If I'm going to see something, if there's another game out there, I would actually say the Bears as well. The Bears would be an interesting one as well. See what they do. Yeah. 
Yeah, and obviously all the divisional games. That goes without yeah. saying. Oh, in, in saying that, speaking about divisional games, did you see the fact... Uh, I know we don't like talking about our rivals and stuff like that, but <laughs> um, has anyone seen their, the Giants throwback jersey, which is basically a, a Buffalo Bills jersey, essentially? Yeah. <laughs> and on the collar, it's got... Am I, am I the only, am I the only one who actually just noticed that? It's <laughs> no. a Bills jersey. <laughs> and it's got that once a giant, always a giant on the on the collar. Yeah, it's not. It's not Shakespeare, is it? You know. Yeah, the the commercial was cool because I had the LT on it, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But but yes, we got ourselves a nice new helmet. Oh, and that and that's like not in the sound in a very dirty way. I mean, we actually have a new, yeah. nice new a, to go a, from a, Packers to helmet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can see where this conversation is going right now, everyone. <laughs> it's not going. Um, but to go back to the, to go back to the Giants line, um, Jason Garrett certainly switched sides often enough, so I'm not sure you are, you are one saw always a Giant. I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, I mean, it is great. I mean, we posted it on our social media just like a half hour ago. Um, so we saw, I do like it, the solid blue with the pure... You know that crystal white. There's a name for it, a platinum yeah. white or whatever. It, it just... that, that with the whitewashed jersey. Yeah, oh, that's got to look phenomenal. Yeah, like, I, 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 I wear it, my it, 17 Travis jersey for Thanksgiving because it's got the stars and everything on. You know, it's not yeah, they, they, they're gonna have to do the white, the whitewashed jersey, the all white, mm. and white and white, uh, white uh, bottoms as well. White. I know soap. what you're saying. Yeah, like everything white. Yeah. It, it, Rather it, than it, the inverse aye. version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do like look, that one. You're right. Yeah, that would look sick. Yeah, and also you can have a look to see how dirty everyone's jersey is. So you know who's on the ground the most. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it depends if you're playing on um, grass or not as well. Yeah. Well, not not many of them are. Well, they they'd be playing in their own stadium and it's not grass. Yeah, I mean you'll still get marks in the jersey, but not as noticeable. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, just in before we get into the show, um, we put a post out about who everyone thought is the best Cowboys player in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. Quite a lot of names out there. Comment right now who you think is the best Cowboys, and I'm going to ask these pair here who they think. Who is your most historical greatest Cowboy in history then? And I'll start with Paul on this one. Sorry, what'd you say there? <laughs> <laughs> Who is the best Cowboys in the history of the Dallas Cowboys? Best player. Sorry, oh, it could but... be a coach. Could be a coach. Could even be Jerry if you want to go down that road. I'm going to, I'm going to go out there. Like reason this is just, this is if I was in this era of the yeah. Cowboys. Yeah. Um this is who I would play. I would love to play. This is this is a player I would love to see play live. It's Bob Lilly. Oh man. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Funny enough, it's a name that came up a lot. Yeah, that's the guy I would him and obviously the monster, Mr. White mm -hmm. back there, and obviously mm -hmm. Roger Starbuck back there as well. Mm -hmm. So those guys I would love to see, but I can't you can't even really pick one, but I, I don't know. I really don't know. Go on, Green. Give me yours. It's Troy Aikman. Ah, straight in there, like. It's it's Troy Aikman. Um, I mean, I mean, tell me, tell me the last 
Cowboys quarterback to, mm-hmm. to simplify it the last yeah. Cowboys quarterback who had that much impact now fair enough they had they had a first first season was rough isn't it always you know especially for a quarterback but um you can't argue with the three rings at, at, at the end of at the end of each season it's all about the ring mm-hmm. and um I think in today's passing league, Troy Aikman would be up there still today. Uh, and you, I mean, you can argue that he had Emmett Smith and he had um, Irvin on the outside, but um, the Lamborghini doesn't go anywhere unless you've got a steering wheel. And Troy Aikman, <laughs> Troy Aikman was That's the a steering good wheel. Analogy, like you know, like <clears throat> you've still got to put somebody on the center to orchestrate it all. You've still got to control. You've you've got to control the clock. Quarterback does that. Um, changes the line. Media spotlight. America's team. First round pick. Um, it's it's always set up to fail. Whenever, whenever the Cowboys make that kind of choice, it's always set up to fail. Um, Emmett Smith's another good one. Not going to argue with that. Is the correct. Oh, is the correct answer. That's the I mean, correct answer. I mean, <laughs> In all, fair, in all fairness, Emmett Smith is my, one of my all-time favorite players. But is there a player? But I'm thinking like, is there a player where before I was even born, I would love to see play play? Yeah. And one, and that would be would have been Bob Lilly. Mm, if I had to pick one player to watch before I was born, only because we've spoken to him quite a few times, is Drew Pearson. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that's a fair. That's a fair shout. Big shout out to Big. Oh, D- D- yeah, DJ Doll just just said it, and I do have his jersey in my closet yeah. right now. Larry Allen is a good Larry one. Allen, absolutely. Yeah. There's just like I said, yeah, I agreed, agreed, party. There's just so many names. That was the there. point. And that's, uh, you, 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 there's no got to be a unanimous. You can't have a wrong answer. Like, you can't have a wrong answer. Every yeah. every player we've mentioned is pretty much Ring of Honor or Hall of Fame, like record Cowboys, breaking, record breaking Cowboys <laughs> legend. Yeah, the list goes on. Oh yeah, so we will we'll do another one. We'll do uh, and it, we, I mean we did do one as well that Graham quite enjoyed. He found quite funny. I'm sorry about the noise outside. Um, was is Demarcus Lawrence a top ten <laughs> defensive end? Go so on, I mean that that, that was on, one. This, this but is your take. I know. This is yeah. All you, baby. All you. Wait, so in our in our like off air chat, when things go up, things do get quite vocal. And Graham was a little vocal on this question when it went out. Uh, if you guys think he's a top ten uh, defensive end in the NFL, let us know. But. What was your take, Graham? Tell us live on here right now. Why did you find that question? Um, should we call it suspect? Um, well, let's just say I called it over the gif. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is it? Is it Mad Max? Is that the film? That's bait. That's bait. That's bait. So, like, it, I, I know, I knew that would make through that into the chat just for me. <laughs> I know that. Um, I mean, top ten. It really it it it's a big question because it depends what you want from your defensive end. Do you want 
somebody that's going to set the edge and yep. defend the run, or mm-hmm. do you want a pass rusher? Now, purely down to stats, he's not a pass rusher. No, that's why I said defensive end. That, but that exactly that's what that's why it's so intriguing. That's why it changes the question. Yes. Is he top ten? Probably. He's the number one run Probably, defender yeah. at the position. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we can go. We can go on about his his cap number all day long. Um, if if he sets the edge so that Micah Parsons or Sam Williams or Ian other get so many good stats, then fine. Yeah. Um, it works. I mean, the whole the whole point was we were going to see Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence having a great season together until it fell apart at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, last minute. Yeah, literally <laughs> the last minute. Um, well, they signed him you know, at one point. You've got you've got two flights there, <laughs> Randy. Which one are you getting on? <laughs> yeah. um, Can we not talk about Randy Gregory, please? Oh, Randy. I know, I know, is, is he taught to answer the, the post, Mike? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, I, don't I ask me. Don't I'm ask so... me to play some, but yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there, depending how you want to move him about, but that's for sure. Randy, so, all right. Randy, Randy Gregory's dead to me. That's the last oh, where I stand it oh, on. Oh, dear. Oh. Yeah. Heartbroken, man. Heartbroken. Well, if it makes you feel any better, we've had more interaction with Sam Williams this week than we did Randy Gregory in his career with the Cowboys. Yeah, and I hope he continues to prove me wrong. I really do. <laughs> uh, I, I always like Sam did. Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that. I noticed you put that into the mix, mate. <laughs> right. Hey, hey uh, what have I ever said? I, 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 listen. That's me. That's me. I'm talking about me. 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 He said it in the chat. Criticizing myself. Right. So let's get into some camp talk then, guys, because we are officially, I mean, the guys are going to be packing their bags uh, over the next couple of days. We're going to watch David Hellman trip off the bus again with any luck. Um, (laughs) No, well, he's drawn, he's drawn, well, He's, he's not tra- with the team. Yeah, he'd be traveling yeah. with Fox and it he's with. Yeah, Fox. And I think yeah. uh, I think Jeff Kavanagh managed to get a flight over as well <laughs> through one of the networks as well. Right. And we'll get on to Jeff's case then. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll speak to him. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get we'll get the inside scoop on all of them. But here's a question for you before we get into some camp talk. Because we got I got quite a lot of questions lined up for this. But let's start here, right at the very top, with Mike McCarthy. Uh, so basically, my question is, in order, because there's a lot of talk about what happens beyond this season with Mike McCarthy, but what does he need to do? What's the minimum set standard for Mike McCarthy in order to keep his job beyond this season? So at the end of the season, he needs this to keep his job. Go. Let us know at home, too. I would say that he needs to I would say he needs to win the division. Yeah. And I would okay. say he needs at least at least two playoff wins. So whether that be the wild card round or the divisional round or both. Mm. And to get um, to the championship. Because I'd, yeah. Go for it, Paul. I was going to say, I think reaching NFC Championship is the bit minimum. I think so too. 
Yeah, I think the pressure's to... on him. Yeah, <clears throat> because yep. you, there's there's two ways you can look at it. You can go, well, his team made the playoffs, but how many years did the Bengals make the playoffs before they before they changed things and went to the Super Bowl? So I, I'm not I'm not so sure making the playoffs keeps you your job anymore. As as mental as that sounds, you know, mm. like mm. that's true. Teams, like, teams yeah, would kill right. for. The, the playoff runs that we've had. I mean, I th- was it yourself, Mike, that put up the stat that the, the Lions have had three um, three playoff wins for how long? I think it was. 70 like, years. Yeah. It's like, see, when you think we, we're spoiled in Dallas, but if you don't improve season on season, you're not moving forward. And if you're not moving forward, then you're not moving to the big ticket and the big ticket is the Super Bowl. Yeah, yep. you always want to be going upward. Yeah, that's yeah. what you say. So, like, yeah, I mean, my argument to this is that he had a, an extremely good roster last season. One of the, not just at the top, but in depth. This year, it's kind of like the top of the roster, which we'll talk about in a moment as we get into camp battles. But the top of the roster is fine, but the depth is bad. So then you look at that, you think, well, how far is he going to get into the playoffs without depth? when he had that and the top of the roster last season and he made the playoffs and in order, and you know, it was an in and out job in order for him to keep his job. I think he needs to go one better. So he needs to win that first playoff game, no matter what it is. The next game, then expectations are going to be, you know, just as high, but what happens from there is anyone's guess. I just, but I, think, I, think I just think that with the staff, he's going to struggle. Go on. Sorry, Paul. So, I mean, I think it really does depend who we're playing up against. Yeah, obviously, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like if you take last season, for example, right, we should have won against San Francisco. Oh, yeah, yeah. On, on, on paper. On we paper. beat ourselves. Like, yeah. The only thing we had to stop was stop Debo. That was the only thing we really had to do. But for some reason, we just couldn't really do it. And obviously they beat from... Themselves. We beat ourselves in that game, and and you've got like some this was it Trent Richardson there is now rated ninety eight for Madden this year, <laughs> which is an absolute freaking joke. I'm sorry, but anyway, so, but I don't but, worry about Madden. I, I know, but it's anyway. But you get the point. No, it's <clears throat> whereas this year, like depending who we get in the wild card, like if it's a team, it's just lucky to get into the wild card. Whereas us, we been designated by it because we're not in the top seat, um, then we should have very high expectations to wipe this team, whoever it is is in the wild card who's just passed by if we win our division, right? So, yeah. but it depends who the next game is. We might end up against Green Bay, so you know it's going to be a close game. So you expect to say, like, that's when you need to say, think about, okay, can we do this? Like, it, it really is a flip of a coin, depending yeah. on who we depending on who we get, really. So here's my next question, and then we're going to get into some camp talk then, because this is all leading to it. So don't worry, it is going somewhere. So in order for Mike McCarthy to succeed this season, we'll talk about most important player to the to him in order to do this. Now, most people are going to say Dak, right? Literally 99% of teams in the NFL, when you say who's the most important player on your roster, they're going to say quarterback. So we'll discount Dak for this question. Who is, for you guys, the most important player on this roster? 
to help Mike McCarthy succeed. Do you want mine? And I'll let you, while you guys have a think. No, I'll start, man. I'm going to go with Micah Parsons. Yeah. Um, That's one of the names I have. Yeah, yeah. With with the downgrade in Randy Gregory, um, I think Parsons has become... I mean, Parsons might be a top three player on our team. Mm. To be perfectly honest, um, I think he's he has so much importance to that defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Paul. Go on. I I, I I agree with the the analysis of that definitely. It just really depends on how Sam Williams develops. Does he become that number two defensive end for our team to help get? We have to become that edge rusher that we've picked him in the second round, and this is why I've been so critical about it. So, and this is why I'm hoping to eat some humble pie over this whole scenario when it comes to this draft pick. <laughs> but if it's for me, I'm definitely looking more. I think this year, I think so. So, what was the actual question? Specifically? The most, the, the most important player to help Mike McCarthy succeed this season. So, as rightly, one of the names I've got. Like Graham said, is Micah Parsons. Yeah, yeah. The position is thin, plus the talent. Right. I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to completely off ball. I'm going to say Zeke this year. For this okay. year. Yeah, yeah. Because the ground and pound. Well, yeah. Like, and the way how thing we're seeing it during mini camp, we're seeing it during OTAs. What, what, somewhat what uh, Kellen Moore is trying to achieve here. He's mm-hmm. trying to do different things with the offense, and it is kind of complementing more for Zeke in a way for that type of style of play he does. So, hopefully, and now with we've got a, a, a fully fit offensive line with yeah. the addition of Tyler Smith alongside with Ty, Tyrone Smith mm-hmm. on the left hand side. Hopefully, that can increase that running yardage and rushing yards, and actually kind of take the edge off and actually make the more wide receiver core a bit more unpredictable as well so that's been always been our biggest downfall we were just too predictable in some scenarios yeah no i i agree getting lopsided um another name i'm going to throw out there when you think about it right so think about the depth of the position what we need from this guy and what we're hoping he can become to succeed cd lamb i just think that He's going to be extremely vital. They're going to be feeding him targets like no one's business. See, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I've got my doubts about CD. I really do. I, I just don't know why. I, I, I just can't point my thing. It's just a feeling where I just don't see him being that true number one wide receiver yet. Like mm. Again, I just hope he completely slaps my face and says, I told you so. I hope, <laughs> I, I, I hope that's the case. But, but I mean, like, I, 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 I don't know what it is, Mike. I like, I think it just seems a bit. He had Cooper, yeah, there, who was pre, he was predominantly our number one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking routes, like, don't, there's no doubt in my mind that like, CD Lamb is a special talent. His catching ability can be absolutely phenomenal, and his route running is improving. Mm-hmm. But and uh, and I'm not being very negative, I'm being realistic. I'm being realistic, I don't want to put. Uh, fairy dust and everything tonight, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I I just think where you know, you you highlighted one of the reasons really 
why we haven't seen, you know, like, because there's games where CD Lamb's on like two targets for a game. But to me, that's more telling about how the Cowboys were trying to distribute the ball when you've got the likes of Amari Cooper, Schultz, Schultz, Gallup. You had Cedric Wilson, which is really going to be Simi for Hoku with the way things are going, which we'll talk about. But yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're trying to distribute the ball a lot. So, but now when you think about that, how the, the, the wide receiver core is, it's really funneling towards CD Lamb. So he's going to be really important, especially early in the season. I think that they're the um, that CD Lamb is going to be extremely vital to how successful that they become. But right then, guys, let's talk about uh, some camp battles then. And I thought we'd go through each position. Tell me what you think, who the, the camp battles are you're going to watch. Then we're going to play a watch, uh, just some players who you are going to watch and the reasons behind it. I've got a couple. Um, but let's start off, first of all, guys, quarterback, the backup quarterback position. Now, I'm doing a post on this tomorrow, a little article that we, we do every now and then. Um, tell me who your backup quarterback the, this battle is going to go, if you like. Because for me, the argument is always if you lose your quarterback when your season's done anyway. But we have seen, you know, a stint, if you like, without Dak last season. Came with a success with Cooper Rush. But can the Cowboys make a push with Will Greer? Or do you think they're only going to go with two quarterbacks and Will Greer is going to sort of fizzle out? Well, it looks as if Dak Prescott's going to win the job. So, <laughs> yeah. really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Just, just what you said. Um, if, if I'm of that opinion, um, I mean, other than them winning that Super Bowl the one time once a couple of years yeah. ago that everyone's mm-hmm. forgotten about, um, if if four goes down, you know, you can pretty much. Yeah, let it go. I mean, like, Um, some some people, Gray, will talk about when you say, is it Danucci or Greer? Some people say, well, what about Ben Danucci? But to me, I'm kind of at this stage, I'm I'm not holding out much hope. I've ticked that box off. Cooper Rush is too much um, for Ben Danucci to beat out. Like, he was always going to be, he was always going to be the wild card. He was always going to be, um, the Tony Romo guy that everybody forgot about, you know, it was it was the last last pick in the seventh round to stop teams picking up the phone hours yeah. later. Basically, in my opinion, it was to bring in a, co- a competition. Um, I, I think it's Cooper Rush's job to lose. Um, Greer might make the practice squad. Danucci, I don't think will be around very long. Um, I think it's it's the most set position on the team. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Cooper, I, I mean, like, uh, it's pretty easy to say at this stage. It's Dak. It's Cooper Rush. The battle really is Greer Danucci. Yeah. I mean, did they go with three? Yeah, they did. Well, yeah. Well, do you think they'll go with three this year, Paul? No, I don't think they no. will. I think they'll go with two. I think so too. I think there's too many important other positions where they need to carry the extra. I mean, Absolutely. keep a third on, keep a third on the on the practice squad. They're not going to be queuing yeah. up to sign yeah. Yeah. You know that nobody's going to be banging on the door. Can we can we get your four string QB? You know, <laughs> they'll, they'll, pull, they'll pull somebody off the street. 
I, I think, oh no, no, no that, it's happened before with other teams. Take Cleveland Brown, they, they picked up a, a fisherman after the bloody and absolute run amok against us. <laughs> my, my, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I, I do see if they are going to put anyone into the practice squad, it's going to be the one and the other one's walking. They've got their pack, they're packing their bags and going. The only problem we've got between the two is obviously Danucci is a draft pick. So they've got that level of investment and trying to prove themselves right. Wilbury's a free agent, but which direction do you go? It's really, I think you're going to have to keep an eye on it to figure out where it's going to go. I think Dreer might actually have an advantage, like because he's got a more similar style to how Dark plays in a way. Yeah. Whereas Danucci, I don't know. Right. It's a tough one. It's a tough mm. one. All right, let's move to the running back position. Do you guys think, right, here's a question for you. Do you think in the camp battles, the running back battle right now is between Zeke and Pollard, or is it the third running back position? It's, it's, it's the same it's been for a long time, Zeke and Pollard. Yeah, um, that's the battle right now. I mean, just now that we've moved in, if running back... Um, You've really got to feel sorry for Zeke Elliott this season. I think people are going to look at the cap number and expect three and a half thousand yards, you know, <laughs> uh, 27 touchdowns and, you know, three passing touchdowns. Um, yeah. And the bottom line is it's not that that cap number is not Zeke Elliott's fault. That cap number is the result of the Dallas Cowboys have restructured Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott has received a restructure from the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. It's backed up and backed up and backed up, and now it's coming home to roost. So we're, t- we're talking about Zeke's so, contract, right? Yeah. Right. I'm going to say this one more time. See if it wasn't for Todd Gurley. Remember that player who played <laughs> for the Rams? If it wasn't for Todd Gurley and his idiot agent and the LA Rams, which I think in a way... You know what? It's actually smart from the Rams in a way because they increased the cap and it actually forced other teams to other players to say, Oh, I won that amount of money because I am better than that player. And all mm-hmm. the other teams are now in panic mode. So I don't know, it's pure stupidity or genius from the Rams that actually offered third girlie that amount of money and actually forced our hand to give Ezekiel Elliott saying, Hold on a minute. I've gained more better rushing yards than Todd Gurley. I'm I'm injury free more than Todd Gurley. Why is why is he getting paid so much money? I deserve more than that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think personally the battle right now to watch in camp with Zeke and Pollard is more the usage. Are they going to be using a bit more twenty slash twenty one man personnel, putting Pollard in and Zeke in together, maybe? putting Pollard or even Zeke into motion, into like a slot, you know, moving things that way or having them both in the backfield. is like, you know, that kind of like that full house formation that we've seen back in the 90s where you've got the two running backs to, stood in the backfield with a, you know, yeah. a very heavy run. But I don't know. that, that For me, rather than, um, for me, the battle isn't who's going to be the number one running back because I think that's established. It's more how are they using Pollard are they going to be bringing him, bringing Pollard in more on third down? Perhaps. Um, I don't know. I, I I like Mendoza's comment. 
I think the run, running back room is mm-hmm. set for the most part. Zeke and, yeah. and Tony Pollard are going to be the duo. And uh, we could do, do, is it, how do you pronounce his surname? Dodo? Dodo. Uh, he'll be running back number three. Like you could like before Hardy got cut, I would have thought he made it kind of made the push maybe to even challenge for running back number three. But the he, the only but, issue I've got with the running back three position is do they take a third running back when you you know clearly they're gonna be trying to enforce a full back role because they've got two on the roster. Yeah, well it's funny that you mentioned I know um well regards to fullback, but I'm just kind of wondering, like, I don't know if you guys seen it, but have you seen the amount of mass that Tony Pollard has put on this offseason? Mm-hmm. Like, he looks massive in comparison to before. So I don't know if he's going to be expecting to kind of be more of, like, to take on the different roles, like, even potentially in a fullback scenario when you've got him and Zeke running on the field at the same time. Who knows? But, like, we just need to find out during preseason how we're going to do things, or even during smidge first. Fu- so it'll be interesting. See, this is this is Pollard's yeah. contract year. Yeah, this and is a big year, him, massive him put, year for him. him. Putting on the weight, like you say, Paul. I don't think is. I think it's basically him trying to make a play to be a third, down, uh, a three down back. You know, because that was always that was always a slant on him. You know, like, oh, you can't do the dirty stuff. You can't pass protect. Um, yep. that's that's where putting on the weight comes from, and yeah. he he's playing for another contract. Absolutely, playing yeah. second fiddle. I don't know if it's going to be in Pollard's best interest. So um, yeah. it's an interesting yeah. one because you've got you've got Zeke Elliott making a million dollars a game this year, and you've got Tolan Pollard making a million dollars in the season. Yeah. That's, that's how that's how yeah. split it is. Um, yeah. And yep. the pre- the pressure's all on Zeke. The the papers, the the TV coverage, NFL Network, they're going to be like, this guy's making so much money and he's contributing X when he should be contributing Y. And I don't see it being good enough. I don't think. See, this, sorry, Graham. This is a great comment from DJ Dog. Since the loss of Amari Cooper, Pollard will probably will get utilized more in the off in that offset loss of. Of Cooper, that when you really pin that together, that makes sense. And especially early in the season when you're missing Gala. Yeah, and and just to like go back to Benny's comment, it's like he does need more carries, but who knows? He could be getting more catches. Like, mm. and he is entering in his prime right now. So, yeah, yeah, but, but I mean that, that that's why I was saying perhaps maybe you'll have Zeke on early downs and Zeke on third down. The the Camp preseason will be the, the the space where we get to see that to see if that what direction they're going to go with Tony yeah, on that yeah, road. Absolutely. All right, let's look at wide receiver then, guys, because the, the, the running back position can get um, a very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Discussive. So, what would you say is the camp battle to watch? Right, I'll give you two options: is it James Washington versus Jalen Tolbert, or Simi Fahoko versus TJ Varsha. Simi Fahoko, TJ Varsha. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for pure depth question. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. I, Talk to me about it then, Paul. Talk to me about both. What are you looking for? Well, for me, the the like they're going to be right receiver fourth, and when you really put it in perspective, like, once or, players all become healthy yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in hindsight, 
it really does come down to how much of these guys can actually contribute, not just in the right receiver, but they're lately they're to be utilized within special teams as well. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. and that's the that's the big one is how is Bowen's gonna utilize these red receivers into the special teams as well? Who's gonna pick up things the most? That might actually might give them the nod to be wide receiver four because of how they're impacting on special teams. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, and I mean, like, I'm really watching to see who does most consistent between them pair because they both have issues with consistency. And I think the one that comes out more consistent is going to be more likely. But, you know, you said Vasha versus uh, Fahoko as well. Gray, I mean, what's your take on these pair? What are you going to be watching for on both? Well, I said that because Jalen Tolbert starts day one. You yeah. Think? Um, well, I, well, I when, so. well, you think you when, when you think about it, Mike. I'm just looking at the depth chart right now. Yep. Lamb's questionable. Washington's questionable. Gallup's questionable. Noah Brown's questionable. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think I think right when you consider that when you consider the state that the Cowboys' offense was in uh, the day before the draft, a third round draft pick this year starts. I think he starts. I, I, I reckon. Um, I mean. You came up with a camp battle of him versus James Washington. I'm I'm not so convinced that. I mean, you don't you don't think though that perhaps Jalen Tolbert, quite raw, he's a rookie. James Washington, he's played in the NFL, so he's a known commodity in what he can do in his skill set at this level. So what I'm thinking is, does camp help separate those two? To find out what you've got in your wide receiver two, certainly for games one to three till Michael Gallup's back. I do think personally, I think Tolbert will take over James Washington eventually, but I just think that early in the season, James Washington is that he's played in the NFL. We know what he is. So do you take that at a game where you really need? known commodities and, and to know what you've got until Tolbert can find his way in the league and know the playbook and the plays and working with Dak. Is that somewhere where you go? It's it's amazing how that how much difference a year makes. Yeah, I know. That, like this yeah. time last year we were sitting going Cooper one, um Michael Gallup two, CD Lamb in the slot. Let's go. And that was it, you know, Team 40 Burger. Now we're going, does a third round raw talent start? I mean, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's quite depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were doing we were doing posts last year ranking wide receiver cores and Cowboys was like one slash two. Yeah. <laughs> They're I not mean, even we, in the mix. A year later, we traded away one. Two might start in October. October, November. Let's face it. Once he's might start in October, yeah. and we're questioning whether CD Lamb's the number one. We can't help ourselves. How can um, you not? How, how can you not find the game romantic? Oh, I know. To, but to keep to bring it back down to the earth, I think, like like I said, a third round receiver um, at the moment starts. Um, I, I I don't know. Is I. I would consider Noah Brown our fourth receiver. James Washington again picked up from the, the discount bin. Mm. Um, 
He does have a uh, he does have a certain skill set, mind James does, Washington is extremely does. helpful in the NFL. I think with Washington as well, he was a little buried in the depth chart over there. That you know, when you think of the wide receivers in Pittsburgh too, and the way that they all started having these one year wonder blasts, James Washington was just a forgotten man. And I think you know that's that's why he was cut and lost. Let's let's be honest here, like. Did we expect Michael Gallup to have the start when he when he came into the he was a third run yeah. pick as well, yeah. like Gallup he came in at, at, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he too. came in, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's well seen Andy's not on tonight because Andy would be fighting James Washington's corner. <laughs> um, it's it's hard. It's really hard when I think it's it a toss up right now. But I think in due course, you expect to see Tolbert be that, but, well, aye, I, num- num- yeah. number three. I, I do think, yeah, 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 with, with my, Michael Guy. I do yeah, think I, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that to start off with, for like that safety blanket, safety per- they're going to go with Washington first. Unless Tolbert blows it out in camp uh, and the preseason games and the dress rehearsal game. Really, you can see Washington start till Tolbert begins to take over, yeah. till he comes up to speed. That's that's my personal opinion. But we like that's what we're talking about camp battles for. Is that it's those two at the moment head to head? Who comes ahead through camp and preseason is the one that gets the wide receiver two role till Gallup comes back and Tolbert develops. I mean, yeah. if I, if I if I was to put the three of them in a nutshell, I would say Jill and Tolbert's the ascending player with the. The small injury history. Noah Brown, he's the classic four or five hundred yards, four touchdowns kind of guy. Yeah. I think we know that by now. Yeah. And James Washington has been there and done that. So, but again, a five hundred yard type guy. Yeah, yeah. And but, but he's, in fairness, he's the experience. Yeah, he, he is the experience. I give you exactly. That. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the much coveted uh, position we spoke about most during the offseason, the offensive line. So here we go, here we go, right? Here are your camp battles, right? And and if you've got different ones, let me know. Inside offensive line, Tyler Smith versus Connor McGovern. We'll circle back to that if you're shaking your head and at home about that one. See? There are reasons. We'll circle back to it. Offensive tackle, I'm looking at swing tackle, right? So, at the moment, I think Josh Ball is pretty much going to be getting that kind of role. We'll see what happens in camp. But I'm watching. Well, let's go versus Isaac Alicorn. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that battle. battle. That, that and then for, and for in, center, it's Biadish Farniok. In fairness, though, Mike, I think Alicorn will be moved inside to guard. Personally, he's a bit big. Well, isn't guard supposed to be big? I mean, like, tall. I mean, how tall is he? I don't want my tackles too tall. Is he going to be on your list? That's just your preference, though. Like, like honestly, like... He's not on your list, Alicorn is more born to be an offensive guard. Like, he like, he's got more to... Like, for so him he's, to... he's nearly six foot eight. You want that as a guard? How big, how big was Larry Allen back in the day? He wasn't six foot eight. But it was massive. Oh, man, that's that's a lot. Like, like I say, I think it's gonna be Josh Ball, Alicon, and Willetsko fighting it out. You want 
Alicorn, as we've spoken before, he's the um, the feel good story, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? That yeah. everyone is rooting for him. They want him to do well. But on the back of that, you got Walesco, who's a draft pick, who we've spoken about and had that crazy, you know, the, the numbers. Um... Yes, Kevin Gogan, big. That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about, DJ Dog. Exactly. I, I would much prefer to see him on the edge, on the outside as a tackle. Um, but as you say, that's personal preference. But I do think that the, the camp battle for who is picking that spot right now is because after this season, Isaac Alicorn is no longer eligible on the international. It's either he needs to be make, the roster. Team, make, make yeah. the roster or play for an art team. Yeah, and, basically. If he wants to continue his NFL career now, because I yeah. think that, that it would re- I think it's three years is the max yeah. you can use him for mm. regards to the NFL international program. So that's right, yeah, yeah. So he's really up on his time, and then you've got Willetsko coming up here. So that battle will that, determine on who's around. Guy, Matt Willetsko is the guy I'm really excited to see mm. how we're going to utilize in camp because by... of Razzko. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, because Trev is an RAC score, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also, also, and I'm going to throw this back at you, Mike. And, yeah, go on, go on. And yourself. I'm very interested to see how the backup center role is going to happen. Alec Lindstrom. Yeah. That's yeah. the guy I'm very interested in. So you think, because you, you've got the three, you've got James MP, you've got Alec Lindstrom, and you've got Matt Farniok. And all three of those really are playing for and, and, a sort Bray, of a, a, and there's Brayon Jones as well. Yeah, Bray, Braylon Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's got he's really the outsider on that one. But for me, in terms of camp battles, I think it's those three. Farniok is the closest that they've got. Like he could push for a Biarish spot. Yeah, but what goes on beyond that is a, is a massive battle. That that one will be crazy to watch. What which, which is crazy just now for for the center position here is the depth chart on ESPN right now. It's Bayadish, Jones, yeah. Dennis Lindstrom, Dennis yeah. MP. If it was me, Lindstrom will be second string easily. If mm. not, but what I mean. I think I think Lindstrom has a good shot of actually like putting some like getting his name out there and actually cause a star within that offensive line. It just depends. It all depends if he can actually communicate well with that. Depends on the snap, and that's one thing that like Sabiadis has had problems with is just snapping for that. Yeah, uh, the, the, my trouble with Lindstrom is that he's just really light in the pants, really light. Um, that's his trouble. Just easily moved. Um, so, you know, I mean, these are, like we say, the camp battles, I agree with you. It's an interesting battle to watch mm-hmm. what goes on with, with the centers all day. Um, cause Farney Hawk could make a push for Biadish's role. Absolutely. Just like DJ Dodgers business, Farney had a good game last season against the Eagles. Yeah, he didn't know he did. Uh, and you know, we know what Biadish um was at the start of the season which was he and at the end of the season it was getting better but how much do you want to employ time into that to find out what yeah. you've got when you've got these guys waiting in the wind yep yep it's an interesting I mean, battle to watch. it goes it goes without saying that centers centers the the focal point because you've now got 
you've now got three first round picks again on that on that offensive line, and you've got Terrence yeah. Steele, who you, mm-hmm. I mean, you moved on from Collins to play Steele, so the, those four start without question, obviously, and yeah. it's uh, I'm going to agree with Paul. I think I would love to see Lindstrom unsettle Biadish. I think um, if, if we uh, we just need we, more we need we, more competition. That's it's, that, that's the I think that's the main word. It's like compete, 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 pretty mm. much. Yeah, we didn't feel good about Biadish. We didn't feel we didn't feel comfortable, and um, if if Dak doesn't feel comfortable with his centre, then that's that can that can go through the whole offense. I mean, that mm. um, if the protection doesn't get set right, doesn't matter how good the slant route is. If Dak can't get the ball out, then you know, like it's it's so so important, and mm. um, you know that's why we had. The discussion should it be a center should it be um but obviously the ravens stepped in blew that out of the water so <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah i i i want to see i want to see Lin- what lindstrom can do like you're saying mike he's light yeah, he's light and yeah. when you're when you're coming up against guys like uh like guys like the eagles have who I don't exactly know you saw today the eagles yeah. Madden have rated the two Eagles linemen in the top look at the giant. in terms of strength. Yeah, and, but look at look strength. at yeah, yeah. Look at the defensive lines in the NFC East. When you talk I was just about, about to say that, like yeah. we well, we've probably got the most um, strong defensive linemen all up across, against. like yeah. up against. Yeah, like our offensive line is going to have a hard game mm. every divisional game. Divisionally. Mm. <laughs> Hundred percent, and like, do you want to rest rest your laurels like to Graham's point on a guy who's light in the pants? Because mm. these these defensive lines, it's it's not so much the power that uh, sorry, it's not so much the speed they put on them. They're powerful defensive oh, linemen. They're power men. Especially what's his face from Georgia? The another a good example but look at the the washington defensive line uh, you know, Ch- uh, Ch- chase young yeah all powerful like, guys yeah yeah I mean, there's, there's nothing worse there's nothing worse than your your pocket collapsing from the middle Different every too, yeah. single play because you, you it's tough to avoid that well, and it's demoralizing well, too. It's yeah. demoralizing, and hopefully, just... like I, I know, we keep saying like we know that Tyler Tyler Smith, not to get confused, he is going to be playing guard. We know that, but in the in the the future outcome, as he is going to get pushed back out. So whether this is just going to be a one off year of maybe. him playing guard, and maybe next year look into more of a guard position, we'll see. But it's going to be it's going to be a tough year. For yeah, our line, yeah, regardless. Yeah. I agree. I mean, let's switch it the other way then, right? Tell me on defensive end if you've got a different oh. battle. You got go on, sorry. I was gonna say we haven't done tight ends yet. Do you want to do tight ends? Yeah, might as well. All right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think battle for that really is I think it's is some people are gonna say tight end two is Sean McEwen. I'm not so sure, but Jake Harrison. Yeah, I'm you've confirmed. got you've got a battle really between three tight ends. Yeah, that's, think so that's, about it. Yeah, you've that's, got that's, McEwen, Ferguson, Sprinkle. Yeah, who's yeah. going to come out on top? There is really the thing. Yeah, and I, I I don't think because we know Dalton Schultz is what he is and what he isn't. Um, he is the tight end one, and they're paying him as such because he's playing on the tag. So really, what you're looking for from your tight end two really is blocking skills. And what's crazy yeah. is when you look at it, 
McEwen, Ferguson, Sprinkle, that's what they all specialise in. So it's going to yeah. be, I think, who who stands out the most in the passing game, which is what you need to watch in camp. Uh, and, I, and I think Ferguson's that guy. He does stand. Like, don't get me wrong, like McEwen has that ability as well. He scored that touchdown earlier yeah, against yeah, the yeah. Ra- in, in the Raiders game last mm-hmm. year. Like he shows some of his skill in, in the catching game. He's a nice but, big target. Yeah, yeah. And but like so Ferguson, you've seen his college film and stuff like that for um a Wisconsin. Yeah. Um he's he's pr- prone to kind of be quite diverse as well. But like you yeah. said, it's like his main strong goal is actually the, the uh, run block. Yeah. I mean that that's what it is really for for all these times. And that's re- what you're looking for, because you know, your tight end to really is coming in as 12-man packages you can try and mix it up by making them the you know the the route if you like if you wanted to go down that road but mostly they're there for blocking assignment um so what i'm looking at is these guys because i know people will say well what about peyton hendershot i think he's got he's gonna he could make the practice squad but he's got a long long way to go he's got a lot yeah practice got, squad yeah he's got quite a bit to work on in terms of he's he's the inverse so he's got a lot to work on it on his blocking um so I think that's a three-way tie because, again, like we said at the start of the show, it's not the top of the roster where this team's good because the top of the roster, the starting 11 are great on um, offense and defense. It's the backup guys. It's the next 22 guys where you're just like, um, yeah. it's the depth, like we said. So I think is tight end two is really up for grabs and it's going to be who's the best pass catcher because in terms of blocking, they're all pretty much level pair again. So, should we go for defensive end? Tell me if you guys have a different battle, and at home as well, if you've got a different battle you're watching on defensive end. For me, I put down Dante Fowler versus Dorrance Armstrong. Yeah, that's a fair one. Who's starting on the other side? So, Dante Fowler is that complete unknown. Which Fowler are you getting? Are you getting the journeyman who's bossed around from from team to team, As, had one good season, or is he going to be that first round talent I, that we? I'm going to I'm I'm going to argue with that battle. To be honest, I would. Yeah, well, if you got a different I, one, I, I I think it could be a free way with between, Sam Williams. Nope, not Sam Williams. Okay, so even Basham, Basham, Basham. Name, yeah. Name could be the, so, I mean, we know Sam Williams eventually will, will look to be that number two guy. Permanent, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, but whether it's this season, I don't think it will. But mm. he will be playing a bit part, like, as the season pro- progresses, I think. And that's how Dan Quinn did that with mm-hmm. some players this year. Um, yeah. I, I think that will be the case for Sam. Um, who knows? He might be number two we just don't know yet but yeah yeah but, exactly but it'll be very interesting to see like you've got dante furler you're the Basham, basham dorance armstrong sam williams and don't forget chancy golston as well well that's an this, anime. this is what i've kind of left golston out because i've used him for the inside defensive line because I yeah, think, yeah, because he's put on the way to he's becoming more that Tyrone Crawford, yeah, now. yeah, the in the in yeah, and yeah. guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, because I, t- I tell you what, let's go there then, right? Um, because the, the, the defensive end, I agree with you, it is a three way tie, you can't forget about Basham. Fowler really is the guy you're going to be watching because you're going to be like, who we getting? We're getting first round guy, we're getting the guy who's just banged from team to team. Dorrance yeah. Armstrong, the Cubs just don't want to give up on him, it seems to be. 
all right, he's going to have a mediocre game and the, you know, the Cowboys will blow him up. They'll be like, look how good Doris Armstrong done today. And you're like, yeah, two tackles. And you're like, yeah, it's amazing. And you're like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> that seems how it be. It just seems to be the way it is with Doris. They do not want him to fail. I, and I got to be honest with you, I don't want him to fail. He is a really nice guy and he's interacted with us. So as soon as you do that, you instantly become one of our friends. But yeah, let's see how that goes. Now, inside defensive line, right? Tell me which way you would pick the best camp battle to watch, right? So the nose tackle position, Bahana versus Ridgeway. Yes. Your guy, your guy. Your guy. Or, yeah. The other one, we just mentioned one guy, which was uh, obviously Chauncey Galston. And the other guy, so Chauncey Galston versus Gallimore. No, I would say Golston uh, versus Tristan Hill would be quite Tristan interesting. Tristan Hill is a good, that would be interesting, yeah, because you've got Osa and Gallimore really as your two starting defensive tackles who are very, very different in terms of style. Uh, you, but could then say the, you could say Watkins as well. Watkins like, is in the So, Go on, what, what are you going with? Right, so for me right now, uh, it would be... Ohana Ridgeway, don't forget, don't forget Ohana Ridgeway. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. That that's the that's the one battle I'll be very paying close attention to. But when you're talking about the main starters for like the free tech and one tech rule, rather than being a proper nose tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Right. Yeah. Like to me, it's going to be Gallimore, and if also has a good like he's looking great shape. Mm. It'd be day two. It'd be day two as your starters. Yeah. But that's what's that's behind if, them is the battle. Yeah. I think Watkins, I think Carlos Watkins will definitely be the next guy up. Them. Yeah. But it, it's from number three onwards. Yeah, yeah. The depth question again. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. so whether it's a Hill, then you've got Boana. Hill, Hill is really, literally, I think for Hill, this camp, beyond any other camps he's had this in the past, the, this, this is, is the, the this most, is the one. this is the, the, he has to stand out. He does. I, yeah. I don't think he could he, he could he could have his walking because remember, don't forget, these this coaching staff aren't beholden to him. They did not no. draft hell. It was no. the, the previous team, the previous management. No. So you think it was that Mar Marion Elliott drafted him essentially. Marinelli, yeah, 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 with Jason Garrett. So this if this team decided to move on from Hill because he doesn't give exactly what you want during camp he's gone so like yep. hill very much could be gone before the season so he could not be on your 53 yeah. so that's a, a major battle he's got it's a massive battle he's got on his hands he's played 18 games in his career yeah i know 18 and he's, games I, he's recorded half a sack um for a second round pick mm -hmm. so i'm sorry he's a dud um, so far, yeah. so far. Yes. I mean, what we need to do is release them. Somebody else will pick them up, and then he'll go and win a Super Bowl with them. That's <laughs> yeah. not oh, yeah. that's not yeah. what happens. Tackle Charlton, anyone? Yeah, I mean, it, this we it seem to just, have the it same. Doesn't finish there, Paul. We seem oh. to have the same conversation about Tristan Hill and Dorrance Armstrong. Can this be their year? Is this going to be their year? Are they going to get? <laughs> I the know it's every year. It's, right? we it's say Groundhog Day. Mm. Would you not rather move on from these guys and start playing people like Bohana or Degizua, Ridgeway? Would you not rather see what we've got in them? I would go yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, mm. it's a it's a very tricky one with it with the defense because I, I can't see them carrying a, a great amount. They, they carry five, perhaps. 
five defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, as, yeah. It's pop- yeah. Because, but they might that, carry that, more if it's with Hill. I don't find they'll carry more because they'll have the hybrid with Goldstone. Goldstone. Yeah, that's so, that's the only so stopping off. You, you, you're going to have five proper um, defensive tackles. Yeah, yeah. full time defensive tackles. You're going to have maybe two hybrids that are defensive ends to move inside. Like Carlos like, Watkins. Carlos Watkins can move slightly outside as well if he wants to, but yeah. he won't be. A, he's not a proper defensive end, but he'll but be he there. But he'll be there for, as a run stall for stuff yeah. the edge. Yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, at least if you keep five, at least you've got them fresh. You may even not have a pro bowler absolutely. in there, but at least they're fresh. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. The, the, you know the Cowboys. The Cowboys play an even front. More than yeah. anything, you know, so you need to rotate your, your defensive linemen in those formations. All right, let's go to the linebacker position because this could get quite tasty. Um, now I've got one in particular I'm going to go with, and I can give you my reasons why. Mine, my two linebackers, and give your own if you want, like if Jabril Cox is in there, because I'm sure he is. But mine is, and some people will say Story Jackson, but my two is Devin Harper versus Aaron Hansford, purely because I think linebacker is a position that we're light on, but you need linebackers that can play on special teams. These two both can. So what's important is who is better than who on special teams, and that will solidify their position. Who doesn't mean to say we'll still take both of them? Exactly, exactly. It's a, but what you could even go even deeper, if you want, with that question, Paul, is you could say they could keep both, but who's higher on the roster and utilise more? Yeah. I remember, I remember this time last year, Paul, you were particularly vocal about it. Did we not start the season with five linebackers? We did. Yeah. Yep. For a position, for three light. positions, we, we had five linebackers. So yep. so, you basically so, don't have a backup for somebody. We didn't have a necessarily had a backup. We had LVE, Parsons, yeah. Jalen yeah. Smith, Gifford, right. and who was the fifth? Um, uh, I know his name, Francis Bernard. That's the one. Yeah. And Francis Bernard's not even on the roster anymore. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he had a great off season as well last year. Mm, he's making interceptions. I know. Yeah. Taking it to the house and everything. And we were kind of getting excited about that. So have you noticed, Paul, that ESPN have Gifford as the weak side linebacker? I, no- I noticed that. So uh, in case anyone's wondering what our reference is, we're on ESPN.com or .co.uk's website for the roster depth. And they've got Luke Gifford as your uh, weak side linebacker. Then you've got LVE as your middle. And on your strong side, it's uh, Micah Parsons. Then on your second string, it's Hansford, Harper, then Jabril Cox. Then third string, it's Devante Bond, Damon Clark, obviously Bond's uh, an IR, and obviously Damon Clark's actually kind of like still going through like rehab, essentially. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I was having microphone issues then, sorry. All right, and uh, after that, it, we've, got, we've got the new acquisitions and Christian Sam, Malik Jefferson, and we've also yeah. got uh, Story Jackson in there as well, and that's our linebacker course. So we've got uh, three, six, nine, 11 linebackers right now going into camp. And you're really going to need six, possibly even seven. 
at this junction, I would I would like to commend the Cowboys for getting Van Der Esch three million dollars cheaper than they could. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a very clever move. Very clever move. But here's the crazy part, right? Here's the crazy thing. We said at the start of the show, Micah Parsons is the most important player other than Dak, right? Yeah. And here's the crazy part is that he's listed on the linebacker, but for me, I don't. I don't count because he's not a linebacker, because he's utilised in various ways. I think you have to discount him as a linebacker, that he's more of that defensive playmaker. Do you get what I'm saying? That he's playing a linebacker role, but more of a, the defense. So, like, I need at minimum six linebackers, maybe even seven, because you're the way that you're using Micah Parsons, you know, is in that interdispersal role between position. Yeah, we're, we're, we're treating Micah Parsons like a, like he's Von Miller. He's like just a linebacker. Yeah, like we're, we're using like Parsons like a Von Miller where you can actually go up to the edge and become like that extra edge, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, depending on what the play is, he actually goes back into coverage. So, like, yeah, I, I, I tend to. I, it's a hard one. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do. I do tend to think that I think six has got to be the minimum. Minimum. Yeah, minimum. agree. Because you, you you're going to be having guys like Hansford and Harper. You utilized a lot. Maybe even Gifford. You might use him quite a bit on special teams because you're going to have to because they're the, that type of player. A big gift for him. Thought big it was interesting. Thought it was interesting that we didn't bring Micah Parsons into the defensive end conversation. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think, like, yeah, that's what they've got to consider when you have Parsons at at the end, which they will do on occasion. I mean, it's, yeah. it's I think that the the um, the right hand side isn't accounted for because you've got D-Law who obviously start over there. Mm-hmm. When you put Parsons out wide, who's who's filling in? Mm-hmm. So, like you're saying, they're going to need six. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. Minimum. Minimum. Um, so, let's go to the cornerback position. I love this one. I think this, this is one of my favorite battles of this roster. And for me, it's Jordan Lewis versus Kelvin Joseph. Oh. That is a tasty yeah, that, battle to watch. That, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, that one might not be up to the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, they both have talent. Jordan be, Lewis, one be of the more, best. Go it'll, on, be more, on, sorry. it'll be more a legal battle than an on field battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but I, like, I mean, we we've spoke to Kyle and we spoke to uh, Mickey Spagnuolo about this, and both are saying he's in the clear as far as they're concerned. So, you know, they're saying that he's going to be playing. Now, by all accounts, things look fine, but you never know. That that legally, by the law, he's fine. But what the NFL decide to bring the hammer down on, you well, never know. That's that's the variable that nobody nobody knows. I mean, you're you've we've just found out that as Deshaun Watson got a four game, was it four game or five game suspension? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was he, six, he, and they brought it down to four. I mean, Zeke got the same, but he never went to court. So again, you don't know what anyway, was, was, like, uh, was, Zeke was didn't no... even do anything. <laughs> I, um, remember when 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 Cowboys staff talk about this kind of stuff, they have to toe the party line. Remember that the I Cowboys know. might know I certain know. things that um, 
that the general public don't know. I would love them to, to, to be clear of all this nonsense and uh, to be the second round pick that I wanted him to be. I thought he was going to step in and make Jordan Lewis or Anthony Brown worried and look at the season that Anthony Brown had. He's an absolute stormer. So, yeah, um, he, he, I think he proved me and you wrong, especially. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I looked straight at Brown's cap number and I thought, really? Was mm. it five, $5 million? But he turned out to be, I mean, you could argue who was, who was one and who was two, but all the stats seem to point at Brown being the unidentified the hero. You know, yeah. he was he was the guy that was targeted and he was actually coming up with the goods. Yeah, he, he, he was doing like, his he, job. Yeah, he was a shutdown corner. He was patting uh, passes, deflecting them off. Mm. Wasn't wasn't getting as many takeaways compared to our yeah. uh, Mr. Diggs at all. Started to pick sex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that just goes to show, though. See, when you start bringing in second and third round picks, it must elevate your game a little bit. And I think Andy, <laughs> Anthony Brown took notice. Um, yeah, definitely. But I think that the, the play of Brown and the the kind of diamond in the rough in terms of digs takes the pressure off the, the Kelvin Joseph situation. It's almost like, right, we've got this guy for, for four years. We'll see how it plays out. We're not gonna we're not gonna lose huge money if, if he ends up cut. But um, I mean, they're still second and third round talents. Maybe maybe they didn't show it in the first season, but we, we certainly have the depth there. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, like Jordan Lewis is ranked as one of the best slot corners in the NFL. He was, I think. What was it, Paul? Was he ranked sixth? When we did it, or maybe higher than that, third? He, he was definitely in the top 10. But here's the mm. thing with Lewis, though. Like, he has moments of pure excellence. Like, he'll have an absolute storm of a game. Then like next that week... Saints game a couple of years ago. Mm. Yeah. Right. And, and that and the next week, like, it's just, like, why? Like, it just has, it, I think the main word way Jordan Lewis is consistency. He has no consistency mm. at all. One week he's great, next week he's absolutely terrible. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think the consistency. Okay, I get where you're going from. But the the issue well, you got I say is te- that... I, say, I say terrible. It's really bad to really really say. <laughs> but but what, what? It's just it's not up to par what he was doing the week before. Essentially, it's, it's I know not, what you're saying. It's, it's just yeah. not being consistent. And like the the thing I think is that this camp battle is going to decide between these pair who are playing the slot. Because Calvin Joseph, he came in raw, all right? Um, His snap count from last season showed it. Played a lot on special teams, literally nothing on defense. I think that the big one is we know what one and two are. That's obvious. They're going to go with that. It's the third. It's the the slot slash third cornerback, um, you know, the nickel cornerback, if you like, whichever way you want to call it, that that's the one, the battle to watch. And whoever comes up with the most, and you already said the word, Paul, consistency, I think yeah. is the one that will come away with that, winning that battle. Um, so they're the two. But here's, here's another good one, right, The for the safety position. And then we're getting to the most important position of all that nobody's talking about. <laughs> so for me, safety position, the battle for me, is between Marquis Bell and Israel McQuamu. Don't forget those two positions in safety. You've got your secondary safety and you've got your... And you've I, got know, your... I know, I know. Yeah. All right, All right. just yeah, want to sec- make sure. Yeah, yeah, your centre field or box safety. Because we know we've got three. We've got three safeties. We're going to go with Donovan Wilson, 
Malik Hooker and Jalen Curse, and they all have different roles in the safety position. Um, but for me, it's for the next spot because I think they will carry four safeties this year, and it's going to be. I agree. Will it be? Will it be Bell or Mukwamu? That's the question. Oh, that that yeah. Matisse Bell, I am definitely. I I love Matisse Bell. I, I think he, I I I'm surprised we got him undrafted. I've been being perfectly honest. Mm. Like, I think he will be there to cause up a storm during training camp. And I'm as as much as I like McQuamu's passion to be a cowboy in that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Bell is going to be that guy. I think he's yeah. going to take that fourth spot. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I I think Bell has. I mean, when you know, you we we wrote that article about Bell and Brian did uh, uh, one on the safety position. It's a name that keeps. And every time you bring up, people go, "Have you seen him? Have you seen what he's done? Have you seen?" It's, and it's not, it wasn't just that though. It's like every fact, like even during fantasy football mock drafts and stuff like that. The name that kept popping up was Marquise Bell from Florida A and M. Every single like like it was like a seventh round pick. Like yeah, you yeah. know, you know it was going to be a late pick, but you would not expect it to be undrafted. Yeah, is that on the IDPs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you because what's funny is what is weird when you think about it during the off season with training. You hear a lot about Marquis Bell, what he's doing, what he's put together, and then you read through and you go, "All right, so what's Israel McQuamu doing?" And it's, it's that see see so that uh, this is a really interesting point as well. Mendoza just made here as well. It's like. Both of them could make it to a certain extent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like both on special teams, and but McQuamble can play cornerback. As that well was going to be the argument. Yeah, if you don't yeah, keep him as safety, he's interchangeable as a cornerback. Yeah, so I think that's a really good, a good take from uh, Mendoza there. So yeah. thanks for the comment, my man. Yeah, and and like then then the issue you've got in terms of cornerback position because you've got to keep Goodwin. Right, because yeah, yeah. he's your special teamer. But then think about what Mukwamu's playing up against in the cornerback position, because you've got the likes of Nation Wright who's sitting there, and yeah. Taylor Stewart who's trying to break into the squad too. Yeah, so Mukwamu either way is tricky. Go on, sorry, Greg. I'm glad you brought this up with Mukwamu because straight away you start doing your sums, and we've already given we've given the Cowboys five defensive tackles. Mm. We've already said they're going to need six linebackers. Yeah. Then you rhyme off Brown, Lewis, Goodwin, Diggs, Joseph, Wright. That's six already. <laughs> so straight away, you're talking about 17 players. Uh, and then then we've already decided we're keeping Kers, Hooker, Wilson. So that's you up to 20. Mm. Is there space from Oquana? I, I know. It gets tricky. And I mean, we will do that. That's before man. you keep Marquis Bell. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know... We will do a 53-man um, roster projection uh, once we get into the preseason games. Um, we guess we'll down a little bit. But let's talk about the most important battle on the Cowboys roster, which no one's talking about. And it is the most important when you break it down. It's the kicker position. So there is, yeah. obviously, uh, there is uh, Garibay and Huralahu. Um, both kickers. Well who, done pronouncing those, by the way. <laughs> I try and say it. Say it really, really quick and like you're drunk and you'll get through it quick. But um, when you stop and you think about it and you look at these kickers, I'll ask you a question. Who has the better kicking record in the NFL? It's a trick question. 
None. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, we have literally no clue what's going on here right now. We've got to watch camp and decide because bear in mind they, they drafted Garibay in um, as an undrafted free agent, came into camp and literally did no kicking. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. He did some, and I do have a video which I'll share over the weekend of him kicking, and he looks good. But obviously that's under unstressed conditions on a field with nobody in front of him. But we need yeah. to see camp to break these pair down because they are not keeping two kickers. One of these guys is going to make it. Which one you're going to have to watch? I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't think any of these two might actually be the actual kicker. Is the possibility? There might be a play, like there might be a kicker that. Uh, uh, we always know who they go to, so he doesn't need to say his name. Don't. Please don't. They go to the same kicker whenever they need a kicker. They just go, uh, pick it. Is he available? And <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say Kai Forbath if he's there because he, yeah, yeah. Uh, he did a deep. That's the guy I'm on about. Yeah, <laughs> it's the player they go to every time. Whenever they need a kicker and there's none, they just go, Is Kai Forbath available? Yeah, I'll bring him back in. Bring he him actually, back in again. He actually is. Oh, <laughs> he's a God. free agent. He's so he's going to be coming in. Uh, I mean, I He's wouldn't the... be, I, I wouldn't be mad if that was the, if that was the case, but, uh, but who, who knows? It could be a uh, Garibay, who knows? But it could be one of those ones where Bones might actually just find out this ma massive diamond in the rough for uh, for special teams for kicks, yeah. field goals, and Dan, Dan Bailey's a free agent. Because hmm. <laughs> I mean, like the the two things you've got to watch, right, is the distance kicks, the distant field goals, the fifty yard field goals. We need to watch that. But what you can't, what what you also need to watch is kickoffs. Which kicker is able to blast it beyond the, you know, out of bounds? Who can kick it out? Who can kick it far, furthest? Because that's really important. Or who can stick it up in the air the longest? Yeah. People just look at kicker, kickers and say field goals, and it's like, well, there's kickoffs too. That's quite important. Absolutely. You mess that up. You mess that up. It's all over. And also, can they tackle? Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a bit of that too. Although I don't like to see my kicker tackling. Oh no, I'd, I'd, I'd get absolutely pumped up when I see my kicker make a big massive play. <laughs> yeah, um, I just remember. Which is normally kickers, see when kickers actually do actually hit, they hit. Oh yeah, yeah, they got to throw their body out. It's, 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 it's like for them, it's like, oh my God, I've got a chance to actually annihilate someone. <laughs> I've got to throw my body into this. Like the, the Chris Jones one, remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the side. Oh, that, was, that was punters, though. Yeah, yeah. Still punter, kicker. But punters generally do tend to be a bit bigger than kickers. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yes, so there's some camp battles to watch. Um, we'll put, do a little article tomorrow. It'll go up at some point or over the weekend. And I'll post up um, the kicker video as well. Um, but that is it for episode one of season four. Next week, when we come back, We'll get a guest in, uh, get things rolling. We'll have some more news. We'll have some updates. We'll be able to give you some more insight to what the players were doing in Oxnard. Um, get the inside scoop from some people as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, About as well timed that. <laughs> <laughs> My microphone just went nuts again. There we go. Yeah, we um, uh, can you hear it when he went to oh, Lali? No, yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right then. Let's get into this and we can wrap tonight's show up. So, hit me with it, Paul. Yep. So, guys, if you're planning on going to a Dallas Cowboys game this year, be sure to go to cowboysexperience.com. As you can see on the screen, you can see there's Michael Parsons, Jay Novacek, like um, Drew Pearson's there, and many, and like, and there you go. You've got Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, and men, and guys. When you say this, if you go to the Cowboys Experience, you'll be treated like absolute royalty. And to take full advantage of that, be sure to use the discount code UK Cowboys because, guys, what do you do if you get used to the discount code? You get free stuff. Nice and uh, obviously you have some folks to go and follow make sure you do all of that some extra ones we've added on there as well isn't it? yeah mm. big shout big shout to uh the cowboys in canada cowboys can fun uh-huh. yeah big shout out to them they're making some ruckus <laughs> now if you haven't seen their uh, video on uh instagram of a uh, just laid down the smack down the eagles fans it is outstanding <laughs> it is funny it is brilliant um but that is it folks for this week's show so for myself i'll say good night and these guys are going to wrap it up and we'll see you all next week have a safe weekend have a good one guys go cowboys joe, joe to answer your question the 27th of july okay <laughs> we'll start the camp yeah, yeah. there we go yeah beautiful right see stay safe time. folks <laughs>